So am I introing or are you introing? (laughs) I just teed you up. Do it again. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome to episode four of season three of the Disciples Made podcast. And this season we are talking about uh, how to make sure that your small groups don't suck. And so <laughs> I hate that word. Yeah, I, still I felt hate that word. I felt like I needed to emphasize it as hard as possible. You so did. this is this is episode four. I hope you've tracked with the first three episodes. If not, you know what? Just hit pause and go back and and walk through those, and then you can come back here. So today we're really going to get into this idea that disciple multiplication and small groups begins with discipling the leaders. So I'll say it again, disciple multiplication in small groups begins with discipling the leaders. So Brian Johnson here with Brian Phipps. We're going to dive into some questions. I know, man. Back in the house. I miss being here. Miss being with you, dude. We need to go golfing soon, too. It's getting nice outside. Let's make it happen. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, So let's do this. I love context. I'm learning this from you. You're the context guy, and I'm learning to be that. So let's review a bit. Uh, We've. I just sort of... I didn't really go into what the season is about, so why don't you give us what the season is about, why the provocative name? Yeah, the provocative name, because there was a provocative issue in this um, research that Doug Paul did with his group Catapult that came out basically asking about a snapshot of disciple-making, and one of the biggest facts that came out of that is that 43% of the pastors interviewed said that their groups are not working to disciple people. And uh, you know very well that we were leveraging small groups at the church where we serve together to multiply disciples. And so we wanted to take a whole season and dedicate our time and energy to sharing with people how they don't have to make some huge catalytic change to their small group system. They can start making uh, just incremental changes that make great big differences. And so if you go back and just look over the uh, episodes so far, in the first episode, Doug Paul double-clicked into that discipleship snapshot uh, research that he did and his team did. And that was so very helpful. In episode two, we talked about the two big pushbacks that people are going to have. Well, what about community in small groups and isn't adding enough? So we talk about those in episode two. Episode three, the last one was invitations matter. How we invite people to groups will impact how well we can multiply, how well we can uh, multiply disciples in those small groups. So that's where we've been. Yeah, I love what you said too, just the incremental change is so important. Um, I think that, you know, when we try to make major shifts, it's just unkind (laughs) to most people. Um, And we we need to make incremental, and I, I don't want to use the Christianese word, but I'm going to do it, and intentional changes as we go. It's like if we if we think incremental, but they don't make sense from one to the next to the next, right. you know, if they're disjointed, it's like we need to make an intentional, focused, incremental steps. But I do believe we can make these transitions. So today we are talking specifically just about small group leader training. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at the end of the day, uh, that would be a, a one shift that you should take. If you're not doing any training, you should 
should definitely do that. <laughs> definitely do that. I'm afraid also just the mention of it just made a couple of small group leaders out there just twitch mm. a little bit going. That's another oh, meeting. I got to add that in there. Where does it come? Yeah. And how effective has it been and stuff like that? Yeah. So let's talk first, like what's the traditional way of training small group leaders? Why, why are you suggesting that that isn't the best way to train group leaders to disciple people? Well, uh, people are typically doing some type of quarterly or biannual or annual training, and they're trying to, this is getting all the small group leaders together for an event. Uh, they trying to figure out what's the best day to do that. Is it during the week on a Tuesday? Is it on a Saturday morning? Is it a Sunday afternoon when people are already together? To think about those kind of questions. And there's a con couple of different things that small group leaders try to do during this time. They want to keep their small group leaders informed, like up to date. Uh, they they want to thank them for the work that they've done in these meetings. They want to celebrate them and their participation so far. They want to be able to continue to inspire these small group leaders to keep them engaged and to keep them in the game. And they need to train them. There's things that uh, that they need to do to keep up with the times, to do well within their small groups. All that is going to try to be happening in a very few hours. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. It's a very few hours, and I, I think sometimes the gap between them, it feels like there's so much relational work you have to overcome, too. Yeah. I mean, just like we haven't seen each other in several months. Yeah. Our life has been going on. Or you not, sacrifice it all together. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's not cool. And there's a bunch of you know challenges inherent in this. I would find that, that even at our best uh, experiences, less than 50% would come. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there were moments where there was this huge push for a big all church campaign and we would tip over that, but consistently over time, less than 50% would come. Uh, education tells you that if you try to do three or four different things at once, very little is is retained. Mm. Uh, the training that we did very rarely, as far as we could tell, actually made it back into the group and made a difference within the group. And of course, less is actually applied. Uh, so, you know, the biggest challenge then, of course, is to make a disciple uh, takes a daily commitment. If you really want to, multi we're talking about multiplying disciples here. And if we want to multiply disciples, that takes daily engagement with people. And here we're talking about doing it at most on a quarterly basis. Yeah. So, it, so you're work. saying just like, just one to, to sum it up in some ways is like consistency is lacking. Yeah, there's no way to get any real solid traction with your group leaders with the traditional type of group leader training. Hmm. All right, so we've addressed sort of some of the challenge there. What do we do with the training time? How do we actually disciple leaders so that they will reproduce disciples? Like, how do we help reframe that? I'm going to say something um, that very succinctly answers that and then I'll unpack it a little bit. Is this going to be sharp? Is this going to hurt a little no, bit? No, it's not going to hurt at all. Okay, good. But, but it actually might be like put something in the minds of our listeners going, how am I going to do that? How am I going to find the time to do that? Here's the answer. Completely separate disciple making from your quarterly training or biannual training or whatnot. The problem is that I found we're trying to do too many things in those big gatherings of small group leaders. Focus on the things that you're doing there and doing them well. 
And what I would recommend is try to take the training component completely out of it. Figure out another way to do that. I'm going to recommend something here in just a moment. But I would try to reduce the number of objectives to two or three. Thank them, inform them, and inspire them. And if you have to sacrifice one of them, perhaps take out the inform. There are a number of different ways to inform. There are very few ways to truly celebrate them and inspire them with stories of what's been happening in those groups, etc. Uh, the more you try to do, the less you accomplish. So it's very recommended uh, to do that. You look like you're getting ready to say something. Oh, I was just thinking, so you're saying celebration and inspiration over information. Yeah. I mean, if you've got like, again, the whole... If, if you've you, got to take one and prioritize it. Totally. Totally, because there's other ways to accomplish that. If you have like a biannual schedule, maybe it's thank them completely and inform them a little bit at one of them and then uh, inspire them and train them in the other one or something like that. But uh, just depends on how the number of you have. But here's the big idea. Um, and it's kind of a key idea. You need to add disciple making, like choosing to disciple your small group leaders. If you really want to train them, you need to add disciple-making in intentional disciple-making groups. Mm. You can't do it in a great big setting. Yeah, yeah. You know, why do we have small groups to begin with? Because you can't have a certain level of conversation and engagement with people on Sunday mornings. The problem, with you're trying to, how do you disciple then those small group leaders that step out to do that? Well, we're going to try to do it with a Sunday morning type of gathering. It doesn't work. Yeah, it makes me think of, uh, I mean, it makes me think of Jesus' rhythms, right? I mean, when he's Very with much. the 5,000, it's this big sort of, you know, up in, I don't want to, 30,000 foot level. That's what I'm trying to say. It's like, the, it's in, inspirational teaching in some ways. Now, yeah. sometimes it wasn't very inspirational with eat my flesh. Sometimes it's challenging. Yeah. But then it's like the disciples pull away and they say, hey, what did you mean when you said this? Like, yeah, let's slow down. Let's talk about what I meant. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't create space for that, and that's what we're talking about, uh, how to break the discipleship uh, component away, put the training in it, because that's how it really sticks. All right. So one key to our small group success was when I shifted my focus from more and better groups. Here's a big key idea. I remember absolutely shifting from I need more and better groups to I need more and better group leaders. Mm. I completely like the one more and better groups. That was a, that was an overwhelming feeling. I was trying to figure out how to make a lot of different things happen that my brain couldn't keep up with. And then I shifted to all I need is more and better group leaders. Start investing in group leaders. Start investing in those people and we'll get there. The simple math in my head helped me focus. Disciple the leader and you'll disciple the group. So I'm going to go through and I'm going to list several different things that these small group people, these small group leaders needed. All right. And how that that came out. Now you think, now try, well, as I go through the list, try to think of yourself being in a small group uh, training on a monthly basis. We talked about quarterly, biannual, and, and whatever. So try to think about uh, trying to accomplish all of this on a monthly meeting basis only with however many groups that you have. Small group leaders need a Jesus-centered identity rooted deeply in the gospel. How do you do that? 
followers made assured me that they got it. If I would lead 12 people through a followers made, I would know that they would have a Jesus-centered identity rooted in the gospel. And if I uh, reproduced three leaders out of every followers made group, the next time I could make sure that 45 people, uh, those small group leaders, got a Christ-centered identity rooted in the gospel. These leaders need weekly on-the-job training to successfully deal with their group. They just need it because people are messy. Lives are messy. These are untrained people dealing with people whose lives are messy. Followers Made is a weekly meeting that has room for that to happen and relationships for that to happen. These people needed to be motivated by their personal calling, not our annual parties. (laughs) I felt such a huge burden as a small group director, a small group pastor to keep people pumped up. That's an exhausting job for one person to keep a bunch of people pumped up. Basically, uh, what uh, we found was that if people get activated in their personal calling and they know that their top gifts are being used as they lead that group, they're fired up to do it. Mm. Another thing they needed was to own the Great Commission like I did. How do we get people to do that in a small group you know, regular training session. You can't, but I know that followers made did that leaders made did that in spades. They start to own the great commission as much as I do. These folks needed a basic theological underpinning to be able to strengthen their confidence in their leadership and in what they were doing. Leaders made does that. I spend 90 minutes a week investing in these people over a certain period of time, you know, followers made six months, leaders made 10 and a half months. And they walk out with that. This list is not done. All right. I I am exhausting myself going through this, but I'm doing this on purpose (laughs) and I'm wearing out my own ears and doing it. But But we're talking about the things that our small group leaders need to truly be pastors that serve their community. And we're saying that you can do these quarterly, biannual, whatever things for 15 years and not get these people these things that they need. However, you start to invest in these intentional disciple-making experiences, and you can. They need to see groups as a step in a bigger process, not just see groups as the end game. Mm. All right. Leaders made does that. They help people see how they fit and they join you in that great commission effort to multiply disciples. They need to understand the biblical standards for godly leadership. Leaders made does that. They need to grow in leadership skill and humility at the same time. Leaders made does that. They need a consistent group of two or three others in their lives to live in healthy accountability. Followers made and leaders made do that. Their needs are simply too great to do in an annual meeting. Now I can yeah, I was gonna say, take a deep breath. <laughs> Feel like you got that off your chest. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just sit there for a second. Yeah, yeah, it's. What, what I hear, though, is a passion for developing systems and leaders within inside the church that can multiply. And you've seen this happen over years of yeah. experience. These aren't these aren't like platitudes that you just like Googled. 
no, sir. <laughs> and through it in here. You know, no, it's like, sir. no, these are real lessons you learn that produced intentional disciple making environments, which produced not only more small groups, but better small group leaders, right? So these have, these created intentional disciple makers. Yeah, yeah. They went from small group leaders to intentional disciple makers that owned the mission with us. And I did, you're right. I did not Google those. I just sat down and started. You can tell I wrote those down. Those didn't come off the top of my head, but I wrote one down and then the next one came and then the next one came Mm -hmm. and then the next one came. And then I thought if I would have tried to accomplish this with regular traditional training methods, it would have never happened. But those should be non-negotiables for what we do for our small group leaders. Yeah. So man, that was, that's a lot to take in. I would encourage you go back and listen through those. Like if you're responsible for small groups, small group leaders, go back and listen to those and think about where you're providing that for those that you're uh, giving yourself to and multiplying with. And, and you know, this is a lot and, and it's, I don't want to say it seems like it's worth the investment. I want to say it is worth the investment. So what, what comes next? Well, I love that question because we tend to get asked that all the time. What's after followers made? What's after leaders made? And let me just ask you to go back to that list and then ask, well, what more is needed? What else do they need? I mean, remember the name of this organization is Disciples Made. The name of this organization is let's get people to the point where they're partners with us, not dependent upon us. You made a lengthy commitment to take these people through a followers made and a leaders made or one of those two and then handed it off to somebody else in your organization, your church, uh, to take them through uh, leaders made. The lengthy commitment pays off huge. Listen, you're much more than a trainer. You are now a trusted friend. Mm. There's a lot of loyalty. There's a lot of trust. There's a lot of we're playing off of the same score. You know, if they have the spiritual habits, they're led primarily by Jesus and his spirit through the Bible engagement, prayer, and their their triad, their two or three. If they're centered in the gospel worldview, they've developed a high capacity and a high humility. And if they have a friend in the group system who is you, they can call on any time. Really, what else do they need? And that's the person that we're multiplying. Remember, we're, we're talking about the difference between adding disciples and multiplying disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You can add people that benefit from your multiplicate, your disciple, your God, Jesus expertise. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to multiply the influence of Jesus, then they have to have all the components worthy of multiplying. And we just listed them and we just made this crazy claim that these experiences, if you invest hard into them, will reproduce such extraordinary people. And your load will be lighter. And your joy will be greater. And I just want to ask, why would we waste our time knocking ourselves out trying to train people in ways that don't work? And then choosing instead to spend that day, that weekly and that daily grind with these folks and process out folks that are much, 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 much more stout. Yeah, man, that's that's good. So let's let's do this. Let's bring this one kind of to a close and and just end with that. Like, what's what what do they need? Like, what's 
I mean, we're, we're talking about what's next, but just like, where do we go? Yeah, going back just to, okay, we're not going to get rid of our regular training. So what do we do? Uh, first, regular encouragement and appreciation. That can all be handled with that training. That's good. Second, uh, reminders of the key things listed. That can be handled in that training. Here's the things that we talked about that you need. Once they've been trained like this, uh, what's fun is that can be handled in the training. Remember how we talked about being the kind of leader mm-hmm. like Paul who said, follow me as I follow Christ? Yeah. Uh, well, it's just a reminder. Now it's just kind of uh, encouraging who they already have become to stay there. Third, support and raising up other leaders like they were raised up. This can be handled in training. You can certainly help people uh, go back and point to the things they've already experienced, and they are much more capable of reproducing that activity once they've experienced it. Finally, um, the expectation of an unexpected next step. Here's what they need from you. Can you can you say that again? Yep, yep, I'll say it again. And just expect an unexpected next step mm. in people. Here's what happens when we uh, help people obey in their personal calling, like taking a next step in their personal calling. God usually starts to wake up a bigger trajectory of what he can do in their life. Think about your own life. You know, started out perhaps a long time ago. I did saying, "Okay, I'll lead a small group. Okay, okay, I'll lead a small group in the youth ministry. Okay, I'll teach in the youth ministry. Okay, I'll go to seminary. Okay, I'll be a pastor. Okay, I'll focus on Christian ed. Okay, I'll plant a church. I mean, I'm going back over my 30 years of ministry and one obedient step led to another one. And that's truly the case of as we start to multiply people like this, as we start to disciple people like this, um, man, the trajectory is awesome. Just be ready for those unexpected blessings of people taking these unexpected next steps. Yeah, for sure. And we know, you know, as we do this, God's going to do more and more and more. Like we're multiplying the kingdom uh, as as more of his people step into their masterpiece mission and and they understand the more God has for them. So just as we wrap up and give a few things of like, what does the more look like from your experience? Well, it looks like hundreds of different stories. Many of them are found in the Find Your Place book. If you haven't read Find Your Place and picked it up, I encourage you to do that. Get Grab it. it at Amazon, whatever. Yeah, Rob Wagner and I wrote that. There's a lot of stories in there and how we actually help mobilize people into the personal calling. It's actually one of the books used and followers made to help people uh, get that personal calling thing. Uh, for many of the folks uh, that uh, we discipled that were small group leaders, they wanted to help other small group leaders succeed. They became coaches. They helped us build the small group ministry. And coaching structures are regularly a challenge for most churches, and they don't need to be. And guess what? (laughs) That's what we're talking about in the next episode of this Disciples Made podcast. And you're joining me for that. Yeah, man, I'm back. Looking forward to the next episode where we are going to get into talking about developing the coaching team you've always wanted. So we will see you in two weeks. We hope that what you heard today was an encouragement to you or that it increased your curiosity in making disciples that make disciples. If you'd like to learn more about our experiences or set up a coaching call, you can visit us at disciplesmade.com or email podcast at disciplesmade.com.